Well, Pat, thank you for being a trooper and being here, you know. Stu yeah. couldn't make it. Some of us are dedicated. Yeah, some of us some work of us. day in, day out, yeah. slave. Yeah. Now, disregard that this is the first podcast that I've done in a while, and we do talk about my vacation a little bit. But that's got nothing to do with what we're talking about. No, here. we nothing are Nothing to do with it. We, thank you, Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. You're we welcome. Are ta- and God save the queen. <laughs> anyway, great uh, program for you today, all brought to you by Relief Factor. You know, you try to explain somebody who doesn't live in pain, uh, and you're like, no, I, I really hurt. They're like, yeah, I know. I, I've had headaches before. I've had headaches before. You're like, yeah, it's not. It's a little. And you want to tear their tongue out. Uh, But you don't because, you know, you're married to them. I'm just saying. I'm just. okay. So you're dealing with pain. In my case, my wife wanted to rip my tongue out, even though I was the one in pain. She said, I'm not going to hear you whine anymore unless you try Relief Factor. I did. It amazingly worked. I mean, I say that because inflammation i always thought that was a scam because ibuprofen never did jack for me relief factor made a huge difference in my life feel the difference go to relieffactor.com 800 the number four relief 804 relief 1995 get the three-week quick start relieffactor.com here's the podcast The best of the Glenn Beck program. I don't even know where to begin. Uh, There is so much that is overwhelming that I learned in the last couple of weeks that I'm I'm very excited to talk to you about. Uh, We have to talk about the indictment with Trump. I think this could be bad uh, uh, for him. and for the the country but i i think i want to start i think i want to start with what i learned uh over in europe um that takes us down the road of understanding of dark future even more esg is is really truly just the beginning i went over to um scotland and uh, London for the last two weeks. Spent a week in Scotland. Met with a, a, a wonderful couple of scholars over there I'll talk about later. Um, and really began to understand, A, how far Scotland has already gone. Scotland is, you know, that's, that's Braveheart. Freedom! It, Nobody's screaming freedom over there. They are already implementing 15-minute cities. 15-minute cities are are cities that uh, are... It's so bizarre. Are cities where you walk, where you don't drive. Everything that you want is within 15 minutes because the car is going to be eliminated. And I know that's hard to believe... But it is true, and I'll lay this case out for you as the show goes on. But we are headed toward a zero-carbon world. That's what they're pushing. That will mean the end of almost everything as you know it. They're implementing these 15-minute cities. Already, they're on the path to eliminate the airports. There will only be two airports in Great Britain. One in Heathrow, that's London, and the other one, I think, in Glasgow. 
um, up in uh, Scotland. That's it. Everything else you're going to have to take a train for, and it'll have to be an electric train. Your cars and moving from city to city is going away. This is so evident when you come over to England or Scotland, you see it already in play. The cars, the taxi cabs are all being replaced by electrics and the cabbies hate it, hate it. First of all, we were over there and it was 80 degrees. There is no air conditioning to speak of uh, in, in England or Scotland. None, none. Now, normally they have cooler temperatures, but it's the exact same as it is in Seattle. It reminded me so much of growing up in Seattle. It's the same weather. And in the summer, you'll have really hot days. And that's why people have air conditioning in their cars and their homes in Seattle. Many days, you can just open up the windows because it gets cool at night. Same thing with London, but it's 80 or 90, and last summer or summer before, it was up at 100. When you're in a city baking at 100, when you're at a theater or a restaurant, you're seeing a show, and there are a 1,000 people sitting on top of each other in one room, it gets really hot really fast. No air conditioning. And that's not just because they can't retrofit the buildings. It's because air conditioning is a thing of the past. And when you say you can't retrofit the buildings, it was very interesting because I went to Windsor Castle. That's the home where Charles and the Queen used to live. It was the only place that felt like America. It had plenty of air conditioning. You know how in some cities, especially New York, you're walking down on a really hot day. These stores will actually open their doors. So when you're walking by in the sidewalk, you feel this push of cold air. It it makes you want to go into the store and get cool. That's how they attract people. No, not in England. They don't do that, except at the palace of the king. Who, by the way, uh, I believe it was him or, you know, maybe one of his staff or sons or I, I don't know who it was, but the royal helicopter landed uh, at Windsor Castle. And I thought, that's interesting. I, you would think that helicopters would be a thing of the past, as would air conditioning, if you truly cared about the climate. By the way, I learned this, too. I don't pay attention to England. You know what the Magna Carta is. Pat's here. You know the Magna Carta. What mm-hmm. was that, Pat? What was that? Yeah. It's like the forerunner to our Constitution. Right. Mm-hmm. It was the first document for the rights of? Man. Man. Okay. Mm-hmm. Did you know that King Charles has introduced something new called the Terra Carta? No. Yeah. I didn't know that either. That. Yeah, uh, the Terra Carta. What is really? That's Latin. Terra is Latin for Earth. 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 This is Jeez. the rights of the Earth Charter. Okay, <laughs> uh, and they usurp nice. the rights of man. 
So it, wow. they say it goes hand in hand with the Magna Carta, but it uh-huh. doesn't. The earth has rights that, that cancel out some of man's rights. This is how far this is going. By the way, the White House has just uh, approved and supports the new proposal, as do, as do all of the key players in the U.N. They are already acting as, this, as if this is a done deal. But uh, the United Nations uh, has released now, and, and everyone seems to be on board, and it's coming at us like a freight train, our common agenda. Our common agenda. Now, can I ask, had, have you voted for anybody at the U.N.? Because <laughs> I have never voted for anybody at the U.N. Um, they've never called me up and said, hey, we're the U.N. We're doing a survey. We're coming up with a common agenda. What do you think? What should be on our agenda? Because I think in America, mm, they might have found a lot of them would have said to get rid of the United Nations. <laughs> but their common agenda is an expansion and a major expansion of Agenda 21 and Agenda 2030. Its foundation is essentially the Great Reset, but with several massive additions, including a plan to give the United Nations sweeping emergency powers. You, this is... The Great Reset on steroids. Um, the I really I love the emergency powers. Mm. The emergency platform would give the United Nations the ability to actively promote and drive an international response that places the principles of equity and solidarity at the center of its work. The U.N., along with its stakeholders of the world, including academics, governments, private sector actors, meaning global corporations, and international finance institutions will be there to ensure that there is a unified global response to whatever that crisis might be. Now, it's weird because I went to the um, I went to the uh, London School of Economics, which a lot of people will associate with Hayek. Uh-huh. The London School of Economics should be associated with George Soros. Okay. Uh, I've got some pictures I'm going to show you, you know, probably on television uh, this week. But uh, I learned a lot. I learned a lot. And I went to the bookstore and uh, I just picked up a couple of books. Uh, these were all in the same section. It seems to be a series. One was Hurricane Season. One was just called emergency. And my favorite is drive your plow over the bones of the dead. It's one of my one of my favorite. So I got some I had some reading to do uh, in front of me. They seem to be preparing for an emergency of some sort. Uh, now, they also in this have a digital compact, a global digital compact. Part of our, I'm quoting, part of our common, uh, our common agenda uh, proposal calls for a massive public uh, collection, use of data and global regulations. 
It also calls for a robust accountability criteria and standards for digital platform and users to address disinformation, hate speech, and other harmful online content, end quote. So in other words, the UN is taking a role of governing speech online, including social media. Now, there's a ton I could tell you about this. But this is what we talk about in the book, Dark Future. Sustainable and equitable rules for technology. Now, we're telling you about the World Economic Forum. I'm telling you today, there is more information out now from the United Nations that backs all of it up. The one thing I learned, I learned so much. I learned so much. One thing I learned is the English are very concerned about the United States. I had somebody uh, behind the counter. I was talking to him and he said, where are you from in the States? I said, we're from Texas. And he said, how are things? And I said, in the United States? And he said, yeah. And I said, not as bad as you might think in some places, worse than you would think in others. And he said, we watch the news over here closely. Another couple of guys gathered behind the counter and they were all like looking at me and listening to him and nodding their heads. He said, we're very concerned about the future of America. And I said, well, you should be, but you should also be concerned for your future as well. Because we're all connected now. And uh, I paid the bill. And as I walked out, he looked at me and it was so heartfelt. It was so odd. He looked at me and he said, hey, please be careful over there. They're very concerned. Our fellow, our, our fellow Americans are not as concerned. But there's a couple of things in today's news that I want to point out to you that used to be called conspiracy theories. For instance, the dollar will always be the dollar. I've told you that was nonsense for a long time. You know who's saying that the dollar won't Always be the dollar and something is going on. NPR. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. All right. I want to talk to you a little bit about the indictment uh, on, on Donald Trump. Now, to be honest with you, uh, I spent two weeks on vacation. And just like if you're an accountant, you don't even want to look at the bill at dinner time because you don't want to worry about those numbers. I was like that with the news. People kept coming up to me. Did you hear? All I heard was, did you hear what they did to Donald Trump? I heard that over and over and over again. And I'm like, no, I'm not paying attention to the news for two weeks. And uh, it was nice. However, I have to be honest with you. Uh, 
I haven't done all of my research to have a legal point of view on what is happening. I've read really good uh, opinions on this a violation of federal law. The indictment is, and I have heard, uh, you know, from Dershowitz that now they actually have a really good case this time. I don't know. I don't want to talk to you about the law because I'm not there yet. Let me just tell you what I think this is really about. This is not really truly about anything other than one for those who have truly gone insane, putting Trump in jail. They will put him in jail. I believe that there was a dust up last week because Fox News said a wannabe dictator, right? Yeah, um, a producer that put that Chiron up uh, was fired over. It. Oh, good. Well, yeah. things are looking up at Fox. Right. Things are looking up at Fox. Yep. Okay, so would-be dictator. Um, I saw Tucker Carlson. I watched something that he did uh, on Twitter about this, and he's absolutely right. It was brilliantly done, and he's absolutely right. Uh, he's, you know, a wannabe dictator puts his his enemies and his foes in jail. And they'll do anything they have to to teach anybody who's running against a lesson. We'll put you in jail. It's not. Well, maybe it is. Maybe it is. Let me be kind. It's a really crazy coincidence that this happened on the same day. That. Uh, it was released that, yeah, looks like maybe $10 million in bribery and we got the goods on Joe Biden and his son. Same day. So what is this really about? This is misdirection. And I want you to listen really carefully because there are many facets to this. It's about misdirection on the Biden crimes. It is about putting Donald Trump in jail but maybe not for the reason you think or even the people on the left think. Um, it is misdirection on the economy. It is misdirection on the dollar. It is mis, uh, uh, misdirection on the war, on really everything that actually matters. Okay? That's really what the pride flag thing is about too it's not really in support of gay pride it's really not it's really not you wouldn't be forcing this i went over to london there wasn't a government building without the gay pride flag not one not one there were government buildings without a british flag but a gay pride flag it, it's incredible. Everyone is in lockstep. And it doesn't have anything to do with gay rights. I mean, you know, I got a lot of, I got a lot of gay friends. I got a lot of black friends too. I know you, you can't say that because, but I know a lot of gay people. I work with, I hire gay people. Doesn't matter. They tell me the same thing one after another. This is out of control. This is out of control. It's not about gay rights anymore. This Trump thing is not about Donald Trump, certainly not about the law.
it is about one of two things when it comes to him. Either ensuring he's the candidate, again, I don't know on the legal side yet, ensuring he's the candidate by stirring it all up or putting him in jail. But let's go with ensuring that Trump is the candidate. I don't know if you've seen this, but over the weekend, I think somebody uh, in Congress started talking about, are you a Romney Republican or a Trump Republican? Now, notice they didn't say a Ron DeSantis Republican. Okay, it's a Romney Republican. This is coming from the GOP. I'm, I'm sure of it. I'm sure of it. Are you a Romney Republican? Meaning, I think, a reasonable Republican, one that will compromise, one that will work to get things done. Or are you a crazy person? First of all, let's just go on, on this. That's a false choice. Okay? I, Romney is that that's that's the other that's the other side. Why aren't you saying a DeSantis Republican? And I'm not a DeSantis, Trump or Romney Republican. I'm a constitutional voter. I don't care. I don't care about their personalities. I care about which one will actually protect and defend the Constitution of the United States and not abuse the Constitution to protect the Constitution? You know, we, we, we had to violate the, <laughs> the free market to save the free market. No, that doesn't work. You can't violate the Constitution to save the Constitution. But what this is about is about enraging enough Americans. Period. Enraging you. First of all, really? You want to play this game about putting people in jail? You're going to put him in jail for documents that he had and you, you're still telling us there's nothing to do with your son? Really? Outrageous. Injustice. Inequality. You name it. Enraging. That's really, I think, what this is all about. They need you. They need you to be enraged. That's, that's honestly why everything that is going on, that's why they keep poking and poking and poking and poking at you. There is no other choice. It is their way or you're out. I met with a guy in Scotland, Neil Oliver. He was a huge BBC presenter. He's like the Indiana Jones of Scotland and Britain. Okay, um, He's an archaeologist, a historian, commentator. He did BBC documentary after BBC documentary. Well-known, loved in England. He's been canceled. And I mean, as a human being, he has been canceled. 
He has lost everything, everything, because he spoke out against COVID. And then when they started pushing back on him, he was like, why are you pushing back so hard on COVID? What else are you doing? And he's telling the truth. And he's telling the British people, you better wake up. And they are destroying him and his life. They have to silence people and get you to be enraged. Because the one thing I heard over and over, which surprised me, Christian nationalism. I keep hearing Christian nationalism. I've never heard Christian nationalism. Never. Never in my whole life. And I've been to all the secret meetings with the GOP. I've never heard Christian nationalism. But I want you to know it's real. It's real. And they are creating it just as they did the last time this happened. But they waited until it was over. I don't think they saw the opportunity at the beginning. This time, they see the opportunity. What happened after World War II? Hitler suddenly became a Christian. Nazism was Christian nationalists. Socialism was nowhere to be found. It was a Christian nationalist movement. No, it was a socialist nationalist movement. That's what that was. But they changed. Everything became about Christians. And what did they do? While Stalin gets away scot-free, killing more people than Hitler, not to diminish Hitler in any way, Stalin kills more people. Mao kills many more people than, than Stalin killed, not to diminish Stalin's killing. And yet the one we always talk about is Hitler. Why? Because that's the one they could make into a Christian nationalist, I'm convinced. Otherwise, they have to explain communism and socialism and why it always leads to deaths. If they can get you to talk about this one, they can get you to talk about Christian nationalism. And, and let me be very, 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 very clear. Hitler was not a Christian. But this was, in some ways, a religious movement, just like what we're seeing in America is a religious movement. There are new gods being introduced, okay? And you must bow down to those gods. You must pray at their church or you will be destroyed. I was just in England where I saw what happened with the churches. The Reformation, King Henry VIII, all of that. People have already fought this battle over and over and over again. We're fighting it. Everything that was fought over there, we just take for granted now. Oh, yeah, that's always been that way. No, no, never has been. Never has been. They have to create the image and the atmosphere of national Christianity, Christian nationalists. They must, the image, 
and the atmosphere. Let me explain that in 60 seconds. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. I was on vacation for two weeks, went to the United Kingdom. I'd never been there before. Um, and I, uh, I learned so very much. I think the biggest thing I learned from the English is they are not where we are on parties. So many people uh, said to me, <laughs> and I said, I'm sorry for your loss of the queen. She was a wonderful lady. She really was. She really was. Oh my gosh, she was wonderful. And now it's King Charles. And they all said what we used to say after elections. Well, you know, maybe he's going to, you know, he's our king now. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Yeah, he's not going to work out. But anyway, so as I was talking to people and I was experiencing history from, you know, 1000 AD to today. I learned what America is truly all about. And we're all asking and demanding the wrong thing. We're all demanding freedom. Do you know what the Brits envy of America? Our opportunity. I was walking through Windsor Castle, and it is insane. It's insane. Okay, the the, the li- opulence, the opulence, and the lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It honestly makes uh, the inside of just Windsor Castle. That's where they live. Okay, that's not that's not you know uh, Buckingham Palace. Right. This is just one of their estates. It makes the White House look like a trailer in a trailer park. And I'm not kidding. It makes it look like your house, my house. Okay. Mm-hmm. It, it is, it is so far beyond imagination. It's even, it makes the breakers in Newport, Rhode Island look like an apartment. Okay. <laughs> really does really does. But I understood something differently in seeing it as i walked around the breakers years ago and i saw the vanderbilt money that was made by a guy who really built the railroads and he he made all of his money because there was no income tax and i'm not saying good guy bad guy what he did with his wealth no judgment on any of that the wealth he could build by building a railroad. He went from a nobody to one of the richest men in the world. Look at Elon Musk. Relative nobody to now the richest man in the world. Bill Gates Mm -hmm. went from a guy in his garage to one of the most evil people uh, (laughs) around. Anyway. Jeff Bezos. uh, Same thing. Jeff Bezos. Okay. 
That's opportunity. That's what's being taken from your children and being taken from you. The opportunity. When I walked around uh, in uh, Newport, all I thought of was, look at this. This is what happens when you don't have income tax and you have people who are actually creating things. I was never jealous of them. I never was bummed out by it. I never judged them because of the money. Never. I was about halfway through Windsor Castle, and I said to Tanya, this is sick. This is sick. This wealth is a thousand years in the making. These castles and power and wealth, nobody will be able to do that. No one in Great Britain can walk through that and think, that could be me someday. Never. Never. I talk to regular people, cab drivers. They don't have the, they don't feel they have the opportunity. They're all jealous of America. Even in the shape that we're in, they're jealous of America. I have a friend who's Scottish. He was so depressed by what he saw in Scotland on his return. He said, I really want to be an American now. He's been studying to become an American citizen, going through the process. And he's wanted to be an American, but he was a proud Scotsman too. And I think in some ways he still is a proud Scotsman, but he said there's something special about America that I'm seeing for the first time. And it's because this country, Scotland, Great Great Britain has given up. They have given up. I want to show you something that we all should look at. Anyone who tells you, I'm going to tweet this out in a minute. Anyone who tells you that this is nothing more than things going wrong, uh, you know, it's, it's all, it's, it's all just because of this political person or that political person, or because the bank was greedy or whatever. No, this is planned. There was something in the, uh, absolute zero plan, the plan from the United Nations that brings us to zero carbon, uh, neutral. Okay, zero. And it is a plan. And I just want to share it with you on a couple of things. <clears throat> Between 2020 and 2029, the goal on, let's say, flying in, in, in Great Britain, all airports except for Heathrow and Glasgow and Belfast close all transfers by, rain, uh, by rail. By 2030, all other airports are closed. So you can no longer fly from regionally. 
So if you have to fly into the big city here in America, you will not be able to take a secondary flight on this. Okay? You'll have to take a train. Uh, Then 2030 to 2049, all remaining airports close. Beyond 2050, electric planes may fly with synthetic fuels once they are uh, non-emitting electricity electricity supplies if there is any excess non-emitting electricity supplies then the planes may fly this is their plan okay spelled out right in front of you in their official document try this shipping tell me what life is like without shipping i was there because i took the tour of uh what's called mary's uh, mary's clothes or something it's an alleyway that is now kind of underground that was kind of built up all around it but it preserved what life was like during the plague okay and so you want to know what shipping does shipping between 2020 and 2029 they uh, there are currently no freight ships operating without emissions so shipping must contract between 2020 and 2029 2030 to 2049 all shipping all shipping declines to zero <laughs> zero wow Beyond 2050, some naval ships will operate with onboard nuclear power and new storage options that may allow electric power. So naval ships is their plan. Otherwise, everything is local. Why do you think all of these things are are happening why do you think the the shipping is as it is? It says it right here. No freight ships operating without emissions. So shipping must contract. Well, it's contracting right now. And by 2049, all shipping declines to zero. Tell me what life is like. By the way, fossil fuels, rapid reduction in supply and use of all fossil fuels, except for oil and plastic production. That's by 2030. Then fossil fuels completely phased out. Then after 2050, development of carbon capture and storage may allow for resumption of use of gas and coal for electricity. By the way, your appliances, <laughs> don't worry about your appliances. By 20, between 2020 and 2030, their plan, I'm going to tweet their, their own document out. Um, on appliances, gas cookers phased out rapidly in favor of hot 
uh, electric, it says Hobbs, I don't know what that is, and ovens, fridges and freezers and washing machines become smaller. Electrification of all appliances and reduction in size to cut power requirement. Uh, but they're not going after your gas stove. No, they're not. That's just some crazy no. kook theory Correct. from the right wing. Correct. <laughs> the MAGA Republicans. This is what they wow. are saying. Mm. You know, in 1999, I said on New York Radio, WABC, there will be blood bodies and buildings in this street within the next 10 years, and that will have the name of Osama bin Laden on it. People thought I was crazy. And I said, when someone tells you they're going to do something crazy that will impact you in a negative way, you should always trust them. They may be too crazy to pull it off, but they are working towards it. And if you just turn a blind eye and you just dismiss them, there will be blood bodies and buildings in the street of New York City within the next 10 years with Osama bin Laden's name on it. This will happen unless people educate themselves and start to take these people seriously. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details.